0: welcome everyone to seek go create this is tim winders your host and i just want to welcome you to a conversation that we're going to have today on seek go create if you're watching this with via video on youtube or if you're listening in via the podcast or on some of our social channels gonna be a bit of a ramble today there are a lot of thoughts going through my head and for those that do not know typically the first episode of the month i like to have that as a solo episode where I just share some thoughts, some teaching, training, things that are going on. Sometimes we do some unique celebrations like for our two year anniversary, like we did last month. And sometimes we have celebrations for the number of episodes. And, and I think in December, we're gonna be doing a few special things then. But today, I almost, <laughs> I almost didn't even wanna do a solo episode. I'll be real upfront with you, just because I've got so many thoughts going around in my head. There's just so many things going on. Cool things. I mean, some things are kind of weird. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but just a lot of things happening. A lot of interviews that we've been doing on SeatGoCreate. Go Create, a lot of things that I've been reading and studying. And so what I decided to do, if uh, anyone's ever, this is going to date us a little bit. Uh, Years ago, we would do something called a mixtape that if you kind of like someone or they were a friend or you wanted to impress them, you would get your recorder out, your tape recorder, and you would record some cool songs either off the radio, those, some people may not know what the radio is, or your turntable, your vinyl, and you would record some things and put them together on a tape and you would give it to a person. And it sort of was a little bit of a love letter or something that said, hey, listen, I think you're cool, I like you. Here's a mixtape from me. This is a little bit of a mixtape. I think years later, they would start to take multiple songs and mash them together. So a bit of a mashup, a little bit different. I think a mixtape includes a lot of different things that might fit together, they might not, but they're just things that we are interested in at the time. And so this is kind of what's going on in my head and I'm titling this, The Game of Life, Ted Lasso and The Chosen. So anybody that knows anything about current events or what's happening knows that uh, there's a few TV shows or streaming shows that I've included in there, Ted Lasso and The Chosen. And then there's a board game that's been around since the 60s called The Game of Life. So we are going to bring all of those together and I'm just gonna share some things that are going on in my mind. and. And hopefully I'll be able to wrap it all together here as we get close to the ending. I did I did kind of write out, I, I sat down and I put down a few points. And so I do have some notes in front of me. I can't guarantee you that I'll stick with them. but uh, But I think we have fun with this. Or at least I'm going to have fun with it. Because what I really want to do is just kind of share some of these random thoughts. And how they kind of are floating through my head to... I guess answer questions, you know, I am currently, at the time of recording this, 57 years old, fast approaching 58. It's right around the corner. In fact, in the month that the podcast and the YouTube video drops, I will turn 58 years old. And one might think, someone who's coached, been in leadership training, owned businesses, all that, like many of you, that the uh, more mature we get, the older we get, the more answers that we have. I am finding that i have more questions than answers maybe you're the same way so if you are then you're going to love this show you're going to love this episode because there's a lot of questions a few answers or observations but it seems as if most of those just lead to more questions too but going to try to have fun with it so uh anyway this is really dedicated to the folks that are on that journey in life where we are just trying to determine what we're supposed to be doing. What is our life all about? What's our mission? Uh, you know, what is success all about? Like we define here on Seek Go Create. What is that definition? How do we redefine success? And let me start it off by talking about a board game. And uh, many people, there might be some younger folks that aren't aware of the game of life. The game of life was a board game that was introduced in 1960. So that would be that would mean it would be sixty plus years old now. That's right. I think I did the math correct, because it's a, just a few years older than I am. So it was invented, and I want to listen. This so I want to read something because the developer of that game just passed away this last week at the time of recording, sometime in late September. And uh, what was the goal of life according to this board game? The goal of life was to accumulate the most money. So in the 1960s. 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up to the 2000s. They kind of redid the game a little bit in the 2007 timeframe. The goal of the game of life was to accumulate the most money. Now, was life really that way? Was the board game guiding some people to think that? Or was the board game just a reflection of our culture and society? I don't know. I'm not gonna answer that. I told you I have a lot more questions than answers but I will say it is a reflection or somewhat of a, an example of how we perceive life to be during that time frame. We were boomers, the baby boomers were coming onto the scene, things were growing, it was a high growth economy and there was expansion going on and success. The game of life was all about how much money, you roll the dice, you move a few steps, you earn money, and how did they define it? Hold on, I've got the name of the, uh, the inventor of the game. Ruben Klamer was the creator. He died at the age of 99, so he's seen lots of stuff. And uh, when it was introduced, I wanna read this to you, in 1960, the purpose was to earn the most wealth. The one who had the most money won the game. And the way you got there was simple. You go to college, You get a job, you buy insurance, you save for retirement. That's how it worked. That was indicative of what sold in that era. There was a VP of Hasbro that kind of gave a response when someone asked, is that really the game of life? Well, that's what sold. Well, somewhere along 2007, they made some adjustments. I find it interesting that they did it in 2007, about a year or two before the crash of 2008. This is what they changed up in 2007. They allowed players to score points for virtuous deeds, like saving an endangered species, opening a health food chain, yay, that's awesome, still about money there, and recycling. So you're able to do some good deeds and maybe have some a little more missional type focused in the game of life. This is, I find this very interesting though, listen to this. And instead of starting the point at game A and finishing at Z, like there's a finite end to the game, there is no fixed path. You decide how you want to spend your time. And I guess, I haven't seen the board game in a while, but I guess you can meander around from point to point. Sounds kind of familiar, right? We see people doing that in life and it's much different than the old formula that a lot of us were taught, which is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You do well in school so that you can go to middle school or you know mid- middle type of education so that you could do well, then go to high school. High school, you do well so that you can go to college. College, you do well so that you get a good job. And it used to be you work in a job forever, build up, save money, insurance, all of that, retire, and then life is great. I think we've all seen that that formula, it does still work, and some people are in that formula, which is fine but that is not the formula. There's a lot of adjustments and changes to it. And so I like this. You decide how you want to spend your time. That is the new game of life. And, uh, and it's real interesting. We start thinking about it was 50 plus years, right around 50 years that it took them to adjust the meaning of life for the game of life. And, and it kind of gets you thinking, what is it going to look like 50 plus years from now? And, I think i've shared with you part of what i do this is part of what my mind is all about now i gravitate to this with all of our guests and a lot of the books i read a lot of the things i do a lot of things that i share here really is all about how are we redefining what success looks like what will it look like five years from now ten years from now we're going to talk about that some as we move forward second thing second big topic okay we've got the game of life Second second big topic is the, the show that's been streaming, I think it's on Apple Plus, called Ted Lasso. And I'd love to know if any of you have watched it, what your thoughts are, if you like it or you don't. My wife and I watch so little television or screen, or really entertainment. We don't really do movies much. I'm not against them or anything, it's just we're at a season in our life where we got other things going on and it's just not important to us. And I, that's probably even historical, because going back to the 90s, I would get mad at the cable TV company, and I remember setting the box out. And we went years without cable TV, which means if you don't have cable, you didn't have television back then. And then we got cable again and we watched some things. And uh, so right now we obviously have access to some of the streaming items. And somebody had mentioned that Ted Lasso has a pretty decent message to it. So we popped on and we watched some episodes and we've recently gone through season two in the last few days. And we've watched all the way up to the current episode of season two. And for those that do not know, it's sort of sort of quotation marks for those that can't see my hands. It's sort of a feel good current TV show. Feel good TV shows in the past used to be like a Happy Days or something like that. Today, feel good means you have a lot of flawed characters and you try to see the good in those flawed characters. And, and anyway, so part of the development of the show is starting to see more and more flaws from the people. I'll just go ahead and give that away there. But it's a cool little show. I love the basic premise of it. An American football coach at a small college somehow, don't ask a lot of questions here, ends up at a coach for a soccer or football, uh, Europe football, you know, other, every part of the world football other than the U.S. Uh, team that he knows nothing about the sport. He really knows nothing about the culture. And so he's just plopped in there as the coach. And he's kind of a golly gee, life is great, optimistic. Type coach, you know, got has all these sayings and things like that, and it's just kind of an odd and quirky show. Characters are kind of neat and all that, and so it's won a bunch of Emmys. It's really about a naive enjoyment of life, and remember, we're talking in general about success and the game of life, so that's kind of how this fits in here. And what we're, you know, it's really naive. Is we're we're what we're what what I what I noticed about the show though, as it kind of continued going into season two is that what was kind of light quirky and funny in season one all of a sudden they're starting to show some more of the behind the scenes or behind the facades that people have and we're starting to see some of their hurts and their scars and why they are why they are which is really all about life but one thing interesting about my wife and I we kind of when we watch something It's kind of an escape for us. We weren't really looking for a lot of deep stuff, truthfully. (laughs) And so uh, we're seeing a lot of more of the hurts and the scars as season two ends. And um, and we kind of prefer, again, it's an enjoyable show. Check it out and all that. But we kind of prefer if it would just kind of stay the light and quirky stuff. My wife, kind of a funny story, is that we, I, I like, I used to like a lot of different movies and things like that. She doesn't like anything that has a lot of conflict or suspense, which for anyone who's watched anything, that really removes almost everything from what you can watch. And so as uh, as the show's develop, she's starting to see some things that isn't as exciting for her. I don't know if we'll watch it in late when they have more seasons or not, but it really was, remember we are talking about the game of life. And I think one of the things that I enjoy about the show, Ted Lasso, it just shows a unique perspective of life with someone who's kind of positive outlook, positive mindset, a little bit like me, but with also a lot of the things that can cause a lot of hurts, challenges, and issues in life. That's kind of the the tougher part of the show. But anyway, check it out. It's kind of a cool, interesting show and we've enjoyed it. So that's kind of gone into what my thinking has been on a lot of things I've been looking at recently. Uh, a few other items before I get to talking about The Chosen and some other things. There are a few books, and I'm probably going to talk about this in more detail on another episode, but I can tell you there's two powerful books that I've read recently that I'm going to recommend people take a look at and read, and they're both by they're both by Greg McEwen. I read one a few years ago called Essentialism, just finished the book, actually I listened to it on tape, called Effortless, and he's got the good e-words going there. But these are great reads that describe a lot of what's going on in my mind and my head right now. And I don't know if I was attracted to the books because of what I'm going through and what I'm thinking, or if the books were attracted to me, or if that's a lot of what's going on in culture and he's writing about it, I'm thinking about it, some of you are thinking about it, and we're just considering all that's going on and what's the deeper meaning about it and how does it all fit together and trying to connect the dots. I don't know. Maybe it's none of that. Maybe it's all of that. But again, as I said, when we started all out, more questions than answered, which is cool. But he talks about what is essential. And that's been critical with the way Glory and I have functioned. We, most of you know this, we live in an RV. I'm coming to you from the passenger seat right now. We're somewhere in South Dakota where we're currently hanging out and we're moving around a good bit. Actually, we're not moving around that much, but we're prepared to move around if we need to and, and we love kind of traveling. But in doing that, it forced us to ask, what is the most essential items that we need to have and own? And also, what is the most essential thing for us to be working on? Because we don't want to do a lot of things that waste our time, I don't think you do either. We don't really want to have a lot of stuff that's, that's bogging us down and weighing us down. And so uh, within these, the confines of this RV is everything that we own. Uh, we have a small storage unit with a few things, but it's pretty much everything. And so essentialism has been a key word. That's why that, those books are, are, are important to us. And then the, the second thing that he did when he wrote this, this last book, I didn't think he could top essentialism, effortless, man, he nailed it because he talks about the type of effort that we put forth in our day-to-day life. Where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our thought process? What are we anxious about or what are we at peace or rest about? We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But what is going through our head? And and I think that's something that's really been, I've been considering it a lot more and more because it's, uh, it's really how we define success. Because if we define success as how much money we make, like we talked about earlier with the game of life, then we will, we will be consumed with putting forth effort to generate money or wealth. And, and I am not against money or wealth. I totally am not. I've, we've lived in big houses, had a lot of stuff, and, and I actually like having a nice healthy amount in our bank account and other investments and things. I'm not against that. But I I think it's where you're focused and what you're thinking about. If you are constantly thinking about that, and when you roll the dice in life, you're moving towards more wealth, then I do think it can have an impact on uh, your happiness, your joy. I know it does for me. Uh, Share more about that later. But for me, I like that. I enjoy it. But then I look around like a lot of people and I go, is this all there is? Is there more? And so that's why, I think I'm probably asking a lot of these questions. It's probably why some of you ask these questions. And it's really why a lot of people in the world do. And that is, what is essential and what is the effort we put forth? So those two books are awesome that kind of are feeding a lot of the things that are going through my mind right now. And you know, one of the things I love about Seek Go Create is that I get to talk to so many cool people. I get to interview people, a lot of them come to us. Sometimes we reach out to people, but I will tell you that 98% of everyone that we talk to an interview are reaching out to us, wanting to be on our show. And I am so thankful for that. I love that because I get to look through all of these bios and these one pagers and books that people send. And, you know, we do weed through a number of people, but I just love looking at how many cool people there are out there doing some awesome stuff and so we get to talk to a lot of them and, and there's a few episodes some have been released at the time you're listening to this some have not i'll try to reference them so that we could include notes down in the episode notes here but just a few of them that come to mind one of them was a conversation i had with joel calm and uh joel calm i don't believe that episode will be released until probably in january 2022 so depending on when you're listening in keep an eye out for this or uh, if you're listening to it after that, go back and listen to that episode. But Joel Kahn, he's been successful in business in a lot of areas. Developed apps on the App Store, very popular. I won't give a clue as to what it is, but anyway, a little bit, a little bit crude. The type of app he's developed, but it, it's it's done well. He's done well with his podcast, which is the Bad Crypto Podcast, and a lot with NFTs. We have conversations about all that. But what we really discussed that I enjoyed was he had written a book on having fun in life. And and we talked about that life should be fun. The interesting thing is, is that both Joel and I are the same age. I don't know if it's an age thing where maybe people in our age bracket are starting to really ask, you know, what's life all about and what are we supposed to be doing? But we had a great conversation about fun. And so it got me thinking about, am I living a life with joy? Am I living a life having fun? Or am I just pursuing something and trying to get more wealth or more money or more cars or more houses or, you know, more followers or more people reading my books or things like that? And all of those things are cool. But is that really what life's all about? And he just talked about living life, he called himself an eternal 12 year old that he was just a 12 year old that's in a 57 year old body. So that's really something that fed my thought process on the, the topic today. Another interview that I did, and this was just a few days ago that I recorded it, probably going to be releasing in early January or sometime in, in January also, is with Simon Severino. And Simon Severino is a guy, uh, he's out of Austria and he is, he's got a group of coaches all over the world and they talk about growth. And growth is something that is very important to me. I recognize that when I'm in some form of a growth mode or I'm around organizations or coaching organizations that are growing, I really feel like my soul is nourished. I mean, I love it. And so I enjoyed having the conversation, but I noticed something very unique about Simon as we were having the conversation. And that is, he is not one of these guys that his hair's on fire, he's going 95 miles an hour, and he's talking growth, 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 more profit, more profit, more revenue, more revenue. He lives an easygoing lifestyle. He was interviewing just like I'm sitting there with his T-shirt, had a few books behind him. He hangs out with his family. He does some morning routine things that involve some education and then spends time with his family. Runs a large worldwide organization, works with companies and businesses but knocks off you know, at a reasonable time every day and then spends time with his family and gets plenty of rest. I love that because to me, that says something about rhythm and pace that's really speaking to me right now. I used to be one of these guys that was pretty proud of the fact that I slept very little. I thought it was a badge of honor, but uh, my wife and I, I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon. My wife and I went to church this morning and we got up and I think I slept Close to 10 hours last night, which I don't do very often, but uh, you know you get six or seven hours through the week, and then maybe eight hours here or there. I can tell you, I told my wife on our on our drive to church, I said, you know what? It feels really good to be rested. Feels really good to just have the mind feel rested, the body feel rested, and I just think that that interview with Simon kind of spoke to me how critical it is to just have a pace and to have some habits and systems in place that allow us to just have a good rhythm about the way we live our life and the way things go. So anyway, and then the last episode that I want to mention, and we'll, again, try to include links to all this. Ken Clodoris talked about being quiet and still. And I believe, depending on when you listen to this, that episode is going to be releasing on November 8th or it has released on November 8th. So you can go check that out. We talked about a lot of interesting things, but he actually is one that has studied the value of being quiet. Now, now this is a little bit tough for me. I, I've got a podcast video. I talk quite a bit, obviously. Some of you will say, this is not a big deal. Some of you will say, wow, this is going to be tough. But he spends a certain amount of time, sort of meditation, but in quiet. And he even <laughs> does one week retreats where nobody says anything, there are no sounds, no no speaking or anything, I try to think through that and I go, wow, that would be kind of challenging. But he talks about the power that comes from being still and quiet. and I, And I think the value for me that I get is because some of the times when I feel restless or I feel some stress or anxiety is when everything that's going on in the world starts coming at me with my phone and my computer and you know all the, all the things that we've got, it's very difficult to shut all that off. So I love the thought of that. I haven't developed that practice yet. I'm working on fasting from my phone and devices a little bit more. I'm working on what I could do just to be still and quiet. Again, I'm trying to get more rest, working on some quiet time meditation. But uh, those three episodes were something that kinda were feeding some of the thoughts that I was having with, uh, with what we're gonna be talking about here. So let's move in a direction that is gonna be interesting. Some of you are gonna be uh, excited about this conversation. Some of you are gonna wanna throw some stuff at me because now we're gonna move into the next thing. My wife and I started watching around midsummer, and we've just finished up the second season of the show called The Chosen. And I wanna make sure I emphasize that this is a show, a streaming show, that is the chosen. And it is, for those that aren't aware of it, it is not the story of Jesus Christ. It is not something that they have said. It is 100% accurate and 100% scriptural. But it is about the people that Jesus chose to follow him early in his ministry. That is the chosen. And I'll go and be real up front. We I want to be very transparent and very candid. I did not want to watch this show. And some of you are saying, well, Tim, listen, I know you're a man of faith and you're a follower of Christ. Yeah, that's the reason I didn't want to watch it. Because in general, when I watch things that are in the Christian television or the Christian entertainment genre, I typically am very disappointed. And sometimes I've even ticked off and mad because, because it is something that many times they have very low budgets. Uh, sometimes they take, they try to take a scripture and tell a story and the story doesn't really fit real well with modern day storytelling. And sometimes it is totally twisting some scriptures or things like that. So I had a real hesitation in watching The Chosen. So I wanna share that as I kind of go into it, kind of a bit of a love-hate. We've, we had heard from so many people though that we needed to watch it. Uh, our children, or at least our daughter and her husband had watched it and they said, y'all should watch it. So we watched it and I could tell you the first few episodes, I was ready to, to turn it off and not go any farther. The reason why was they were covering some people that are in the Bible, some of the disciples, some of the followers, but because we don't know a lot about personalities, we know some, but specifically Peter and Matthew who were disciples of Christ, they were to tell the story, having to show some of their personality uh, strengths and some of their flaws. And Jesus hadn't really come on the scene yet. They were going some background and I was getting really miffed. Okay. Just really ticked off by it. And, uh, and so we do have to remember, I was trying to remind myself all along the way, this is entertainment. This is entertainment, but it is about those that surrounded our Messiah, Jesus Christ, which I'm a follower of Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the savior of the world. And so I was trying to watch this with an open mind and all. well, about the third episode, I think it's the third, maybe the fourth episode rolls along and it's really what they were signifying maybe as the beginning of Jesus' ministry where he's doing some teaching in a home. There's Pharisees there, his disciples are there, there's sheep that are there, which those are the audience that Jesus talked to and communicated with. And then it's when, the story is where someone there was a lame person someone who was uh, paralyzed the paralytic and someone tore the roof of the hut because they couldn't get around him because of the crowds lowered the person down jesus healed the person and i must admit i had tears coming down my eyes tears coming down my face because that it, it touched me and i was sitting here going i was sort of repenting i was saying you know i don't want to overjudge this entertainment this television show but if nothing else maybe this is showing the uh, the God of Jesus Christ. It's also showing the man of Jesus Christ, but maybe this is showing also people the nature of Jesus Christ, and that is my my hope for it. So they are telling a story. They're doing a great job of capturing that humanity and the flaws of his disciples, his chosen, and what I really want to emphasize that it comes back to. This is kind of going back to where I started. It really is all about us. We are his chosen. He came for us. And so this show reminds me, I do want to mention one other thing that kind of sometimes bothers me about maybe Christian television. It's not a replacement for Bible and scripture just because you see it in the chosen. That does not necessarily mean it is totally 100% scriptural, but it is a great job of some storytelling that they are doing. So I want to give kudos to them and honor them for those that are uh, D- Dallas Jenkins and that whole team that's doing it, because I do think there's going to be a group of people that see uh, the, the nature of Jesus Christ and, uh, and what he did and what he is still doing uh, via that show. So I applaud that. But don't make a doctrine out of it. Don't create a church around it. And also don't, uh, don't take everything as 100% biblical and scriptural truth. But the thing that I want to kind of tie together here, maybe as I'm starting to finish up a little bit, is in the game of life, it says, it said something about when I was reading this article, instead of starting the game at point A and finishing at point Z, there is no fixed path. You decide how you want to spend your time. Well, all of these things have started to bring me to the point of asking more questions. I said at the beginning, I've got more questions than answers. So here's some of the questions as we, uh, as we kind of bring all these things, these random thoughts that I've had together, you decide how you want to spend your life. And then I want to ask, do we really decide, you know, a lot of people have arguments. These are spiritual arguments. Is God totally sovereign? Is he moving us around like pawn pieces, you know, doing things with us? And then some people say, no, you know, we actually do have free will, free choice. And the answer to that is yes. And yes, I actually have this belief that God is sovereign and there are things that are going on that he is over and control of. But what he really does is he's allowing us to have free will and free control. So uh, is our path fixed? Is it flexible? Yes. Our path is fixed. We have a path that we are on. Is there flexibility? Can we veer and go different ways? Can we have free will and decision? yes, I believe that we can. And then I actually did a play on words. I said, are we chosen to walk a certain path? And I truly believe that I am. I believe that you are. I believe that we are all created. I've said this before, and this is kind of a message that I believe that a lot of us are supposed to share. I believe that I'm supposed to share. I believe that we are chosen. We are created for a specific assignment on this earth, specific assignments. And, uh, and I believe our mission, our path, the, uh, the, the, the way we need to go is to identify and find what that assignment is. Now, is there that invisible hand of God that's steering and guiding us? Yes, I believe he is. Is there there ways that we could go on our own and veer off and go in different directions? Yes, I believe that we can. So that makes it super complicated, right? I think a lot of us are looking for the easy button. You know, remember the old easy button? I think it was Staples or one of the office supply products said, Hey, where's the easy button? I just don't like to be easy. Tell me exactly what it is that I need to do. Well, most of us, or a lot of us are parents and we know we would love for our children to have a nice, laid out path and tell them something like the game of life used to do. Roll the dice, you get a three, go to school, get education, get a job, work, 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 stay out of trouble, don't go to jail, all this kind of stuff. And then save money and then retire and then live the rest of your life. And that's it. That is not the way it is. I think if you haven't identified that you probably wouldn't be listening to seek, go create if you haven't figured that out. But if you're listening and you haven't, let me just go and tell you life veers and goes in a lot of different directions. It's not an ABCD. There's a lot of paths. I also think that we could have paths or courses that we go in our life that we're pulled back into a path that we should have been on all along. I look back at times and realize that I veered in different directions and kind of came back and all of that. So I really do believe that that is the case. So how odd is that, that I was able to bring together the game of life, Ted Lasso and his golly gee optimistic, you know, hurts and all that and The Chosen and some of our episodes to come down to really some comparisons of where we all are. And these are some battles that I see us dealing with. And let me just throw out some words to you, anxiety, versus peace, stress versus rest. I mean, these are some things that I work with. I look at culture. I work with people that run organizations, businesses. I work with people that run ministries, and I just interact with a lot of people. I see this in, in young people. I see it in old people. I see them working through these things, anxiety, peace, stress versus rest. Being able to control their life or wanting to control their life versus surrendering and allowing themselves to be chosen to walk down a path that they may not have total control over. So control versus surrender. Confusion. What am I supposed to do? What's my assignment versus clarity? I'd love to know what I'm supposed to do today. And then just being at peace or rest or in what's a scriptural term. Sabbath, which is being at peace or rest. And so just a few things, maybe a bunch of, uh, one, two, three, four, five, I'm looking at my notes here. I've got seven points. I think if y'all haven't figured out already, I think in terms of threes or sevens. And usually if I just write out notes, you're going to see them in threes or sevens. So I've got seven right here that we'll wrap up with that are my way. It's my way of bringing all this together so that I could think about, okay, so what does it mean for me What might it mean for you? And I, listen, I'm not pretending. You could probably tell here, I'm not pretending to have the answers. In fact, again, I'm having more questions than answers, but this helps me sort of make sense of it, process it. Maybe it helps you also. If you have thoughts or anything, definitely give some feedback on the social channels, give some questions and all on our website so that uh, we can have some dialogue. But I really put some thought into that last thing, being at peace, rest, and Sabbath, because all of these things are kind of going into what's feeding me and thinking about that. The closer we get to our assignment, this has just been my observation personally, people I interact with, the closer we get to the assignment that we were created for, and whether you believe you were created for something or not, I want to say with all the conviction I have that I believe that you are, that you were created for something. And it may not be that formula that we've seen in the game of life where you roll the dice and you work, 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 and you do things like that. Could be something very specific, very unique. It could be something that a group of people are called to do. I don't know. I'm not pretending to have it figured out, but I believe that the closer we get to that assignment that we were created for, the less stress and anxiety that we'll have in our life. It's just like we are moving towards that peace, that rest, that Sabbath. And I've said this before, I'll say it here before I mention these few things. I do believe that since I do really think that we were created, that you really need to get around your Creator so that you can understand what that assignment is, which means you need relationship. You know, my wife and I went to church today. It was fun. It was nice. We got around some people. We sang some songs, heard a sermon. But I can tell you, getting close to our Creator has very little to do with that. Getting close to our Creator has to do with daily and really weekly, monthly time spent with who our Creator is, and having communications with Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, and interacting with the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so I hope that you do that. I hope that that's something you do, because I think that's really, if there ever is a secret or the, the ultimate, that's really what it is, because that's when a lot of what we're assigned or created for comes out. All right, so here's the seven things that, I, that this leads to. The less stress we have, closer we get to our assignment. It leads to less anxiety, less stress. Because listen, aren't we all looking for what we're here for? What's our purpose? So if you start identifying that, then you're not anxious about it, you know? It's like, you don't have to think about it much. This is what I'm designed for. I think it leads to a longer life because of the less stress we have. I did some, I think I talked about this in the October solo episode that I did, that uh, they've done some studies on people that have longevity, that have lived long. And uh, I'll just say that the way most of us lived in our first world culture, it's killing us because we're all under stress. We're trying to do something. We're trying to be successful in the way that others think we should be successful instead of the assignment that we should have. So we live a longer life, longer, healthier life. We have healthier relationships with other people because we're more comfortable with who we are and what we were created for. And we end up being attracted to and probably being around people that are that way also. And it starts creating this very healthy community of people. And I think you're attractive. You're more attractive. That's number four. If anyone's writing these down, number four, you're more attractive, not just your looks, not just better looking. Even I think all of us, you, me, we're getting better looking every day. That's that old Mac Davis song. For those of you that uh, remember that not just our looks, but our personality when you're not under anxiety, not under stress, when you're at peace with who you are, it's just attractive to other people. People are attracted to you. Next thing, I think it's number five, we have a healthier body and soul because our body and soul is not battling it out to try to win. I believe that we're spirit, soul, and body. And when we yield or submit to the spirit, our creator, then our body and our soul starts getting in line. Otherwise, we're trying to feed our flesh and our body and trying to do what it says to do or trying to do what our mind will and emotion says what to do. There's just a battle going on. It's just not healthy. I just think that there's less stress. There's less anxiety when we don't have that battle going on inside of us. I also have noticed that in, that one of the byproducts is that I personally am more creative and focused when I'm in that state of peace, rest, or Sabbath. And I know all of us would love to create more. We would love to, uh, you know, we'd love to be more creative and more focused. I noticed that over the last year or so, as we were dealing with pandemic and things like that, I would get stressed out because of all that was going on in the world. And I couldn't write, I couldn't do some of the things I'm supposed to be working on because of that. So that's number six. And then finally, I think this is very important. I think this is a great way to put an exclamation point on this episode. Finally, what it really leads to for me and people that I observe is just more gratitude and more thankfulness, which this episode is going to be released in early November. For those that are not in the United States, in the United States, we celebrate Thanksgiving in November. And it's a time that as a country, we're supposed to, it's a holiday, it's a national holiday here, give thanks. And so I think that one of the most powerful things that we can all do is be at rest, be at peace, be at Sabbath, so that we can, with kind of a pure heart, pure mind, clear clearness, have thanks and gratitude for all of those things that are around us. Be thankful for the health that we have, be thankful for the families and the support systems and the community and the people that we're around be thankful for those, I guess, those material things that we have, even though people may want more, be thankful for those things that we do have. I mean, we are in a situation that most of us, we have more things than throughout history. If people looked at what we had, they would marvel and think we were massively wealthy about the things we have. And really just be thankful about, like I said, relationships and be thankful that we are created and that we can have relationship with our creator, so that we can learn more about what our assignment is. I say this often, I don't really totally fully grasp what I'm supposed to be doing with Seek Go Create and some of the books I'm writing. But I do want to say how thankful I am for those people that are listening in. For those of you, I get stories of people that are sharing and doing things and commenting and I just appreciate it. I'm thankful for it. So during this month of November, I just I just want to kind of say a prayer that I'm hopeful that you are learning your assignment. I hope you have a relationship with your creator so that you can learn more about what you were created for. And I would ask that you kind of pray that I do the same because that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to do that with SeatGoCreate Create and some other projects that we have. And I'm just thankful thankful that we are able to be on this journey together. So I hope this hasn't been too much of a hodgepodge, but I just wanted to kind of share some random thoughts, you know, the game of life, Ted Lasso, The Chosen, all types of things. And hopefully it'll just uh, help us all just gain a little more clarity about uh, what's going on. I hope you have a great month. I hope you have a great, if you're listening to this, towards the tail end of 2021, a great finish up of 2021 and are getting ready for 2022, the best year that you will ever have. So thanks for joining us on Seek Go Create. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.